Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and this is a big week for my my guests here and just in the sports world in general. You got the World Cup going on, which is big for everybody in the world, and then you got the NBA draft coming up in a couple of days, and that's why I had to get on our own For the Win I, you do everything, basically, but you do uh, a lot about soccer and a lot about uh, college hoops and NBA. It's, it's Andrew Joseph. What's going on, Andrew? Not too much, Charles. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, you are actually in a very uh, interesting place right now in Arizona because, uh, obviously, the Phoenix Suns have the number one overall pick, and that's where I wanted to kind of get started. Uh, how? What, what's the flavor? What's going on in Arizona? The excitement potentially of, of DeAndre Ayton going or staying in Arizona and, and going to the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I think basically the uh, the vibe around here is that everybody is pretty certain that they're going to pick DeAndre Ayton with the first pick. Mm. Just uh, to have that core of Josh Jackson, Devin Booker, and Ayton, it kind of fills all the needs to have the those young players to build around. So. If they went in any other direction, I think it'd be a major surprise. There's always those rumors that maybe they'll trade down to get maybe a Trey Young and or even get a veteran, but it still seems like the Suns are going to pick are going to keep that pick and go with Aiden. Um, and it's cool because there's like no matter who they pick, probably be Bagley would be their second choice, and he also has a tie to Arizona, so there's a, a big local connection to that top pick that's pretty cool actually i I think that's kind of cool my question for you is do you think ayton is worth that top pick and i only ask that because uh today's big men in the in the nba need to be more than just big men and i know that that ayton might be that do you so do you feel that way yeah i think he definitely is because he's um and i've seen i've seen him play once in person and just seeing the way he's built it's like he was like carved out to be a basketball player because he he's listed at seven feet, but he, he might even be taller. He has that wingspan and he's just like all muscle. So like physically, he just looks like an imposing player. And then he does have he does have the skill set that kind of fits into today's NBA. He can shoot mid range jumpers. He's a good free throw shooter. And it's the kind of thing that although he doesn't shoot threes yet where his shot is, he can develop the three. You can kind of look at what Al Horford did, who never shot a three until like 2013, and now he is a 40% three-point shooter. So, right. um, Aiden has the potential to to develop that to stretch the floor, but they already have Devin Booker, who is another three-point shooter. So, I, I think Aiden's definitely worth that top pick definitely okay good i i wanted you to convince me because there was a point in this draft process that it seemed to me like luka Doncic from from slovenia was was and i wouldn't say the presumed pick there but everyone was talking up the hype about him which i think some of it is is matched and it's been a roller coaster ride with his value because it seemed like oh no maybe he's going to be dropping out of the top three and now it sort of seems like it's come a little bit back farther up and of course we know that that the suns just hired his former national team coach so i was sort of like that's intriguing to see you know that, that yeah. his value's gone up and down again do you think john Doncic drops or do you think the kings kind of go with him uh, at number two i think he is dropping at just um He's kind of getting hurt from not being here in the U.S. He hasn't been doing the workouts, and that's not his fault because the season is still going on. Mm-hmm. He's still playing overseas. So NBA teams, although they've seen him play overseas, they don't get to have him in that controlled workout environment. And then that gives other players an opportunity to, to impress the front offices and the coaches. And so he's so 
he's kind of getting hurt from not having his ability to make that last impression. There's only so much that watching him perform on tape can do. So he's not going to follow the top 10, but yeah, there three weeks ago, he was even going to be considered to be a possible top pick. Right. And now you're seeing a lot of mock drafts have him in that three to even seven range. Which and seems if you, absurd to me. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I think it's just like, what did you say? Like the players have had their opportunity to kind of jump in and make those impressions. And Doncic not being there, he's getting forgotten about in a sense. That's so weird to me because, like, you see what he's done in national team plays, played yeah. against NBA talent. Uh, there was that game, I think it was either a year ago or two years ago. I want to say it was, it was last year, Euro, Euro ball, Euro, the, the Euro League. Uh, no, it was the European Championships, right? Yeah, the Euro basket over Slovenia won. And he was, he was going up against, like, Perzingis, who's yeah. playing alongside Goran Dragic. So he was going up against NBA talent, and he was impressive and he had really good chemistry with with Dragic too so he showed his ability to play with NBA talent and against it but you know when when you have guys like Jaron Jackson or Trey Young who have that opportunity to work out for an NBA team right it's kind of like a one-sided argument they're they're having their opportunity to convince the brass over there well Doncic is still continuing his season I'm glad you brought up, the yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Jaron Jackson Jr. from from Michigan State because uh, I, I'm not a huge college basketball guy. I know you're 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 more one than I am, and everything I've read, what happens to me basically is I start reading uh, about the draft as it, you know as soon as the NCAA tournament's over and you start getting some of that buzz. And everything I've seen with you know how real Jaron Jackson Jr. makes me believe that he might actually be the best player in this draft. He's got uh, some raw talent here right now, but it's either him. And I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know if Mo Bamba is actually really going to be, you know, a, a, a bonafide star. But everything I'm reading and seeing with him, I'm sort of like I was on the not Bamba train. And now I've gotten back on it just from what we've seen the last couple weeks. Just in terms of like maybe those two develop into, uh, you know, they have the most raw talent and the, sort of the, the, the two of the highest ceilings. Would you agree? Yeah, I think when you're especially when you're looking at big men, the Jaron Jackson Jr., where he is right now and his measurables are really great. And he shot around 40% from three with Michigan State. So he's right where he needs to be in terms of stretching the floor in the NBA. And then Mo Bamba, I think one part that really kind of sets him up, sets him away from the rest of his competition is that his shot was okay at Texas, and then in two months he's completely overhauled it. And if you've seen his workout videos now, his shot looks smooth and it's I think he hit, like, out of 100 shots from three-point range. I think he hit something like 80, 80 is one report I saw. So it's crazy, and it's a smooth, compact shot now. So if you have a player that can kind of develop skills that quickly, it's definitely reminiscent of what Joel Embiid would do, where he just kind of absorbed watching YouTube videos of of (laughs) old-time basketball players and was able to have that translate onto the court. So when you have a player who is able to do that. I think NBA teams are kind of attracted to that coachability and his ability to make adjustments. Yeah, but yeah, the, would, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, finish. Oh yeah, so so I think Mo Bamba, if it was up to me, I would probably rate Mo Bamba ahead of Jaron Jackson, but wow. it's really close. And I know that my that opinion's not in line with a lot of the NBA guys. I just just think watching those two play 
I'm more inclined to lean towards Mo Bamba. Yeah, I, I was going to say Serge Ibaka came to mind, right? Guy who with like yeah. all the the wingspan in the universe, very raw. I think he, I think he has a more offensive game than than uh, Serge Ibaka does, at least at this stage. Yeah, and well, Serge developed a three point shot, which then in turn made him a less efficient shooter. But he, you know, it's, it's a <laughs> whole thing. But yeah, I, I, I totally. It's funny. I was on the sort of like no way, like because the Knicks are, are at nine. That's the team I obviously a root for, follow, grew up watching, and I was like, nope. Nope, no, 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 Mobamba don't want him. And then, like, uh, now I'm like, well, he's going to get taken before nine. So there's, there's no, I have, yeah, definitely, no doubt about that. Yeah. I, um, uh, what is your take on Trey Young too? I wanted to hear because I'm not as convinced as everybody. That's a guy that I'm not as convinced, and that's a guy who could go top three. Yeah, and I'm like kind of the opposite of you. I'm like okay. all about Trey Young. Yeah, and I was, I was like Curry. that. I was okay. like that when he was. Uh, when he was balling it up at Oklahoma, and it's and even when he was struggling, because it's like in the NBA, you're not gonna have teams completely have a game plan to shut one player down, because everybody theoretically has the ability to take over games. You're in the NBA, mm. but at Oklahoma, he was so far and ahead the best player on the team that yeah. come Big Twelve play, you had teams totally designing their game plan just to stop him, and and sure his, his shot selection struggled, but there there were times that he had no choice but just kind of force shots. But he'll, he'll play a way more open game than NBA. So I think he's he's definitely the best guard that I look at in, the, in this draft. And if you're, looking, if you're a team that's looking to rebuild and get results quickly, I find that if you go with a guard who can make an impact in the NBA, that's the easier path to, to having that success. Like, like if you look at the Pelicans, Anthony Davis has been putting up monster numbers for ever since he just joined the league and he's only got out of the first round once and he needed cousins on this team to even make that impact obviously cousins was hurt but to make that impact going into the playoffs yeah I, I, this is the thing right like you just sort of like gave me a really good argument for the people who are in the boat that I'm in, which is I watched Trey Young during the NCAA tournament, and I was like, what's the hype? Where's the hype here? But I see what you're saying, that he was alone. Yeah. He was he was a guy who, who you know... He played, he played well in the tournament, though. Uh, yeah, there's one game. What game was it? Now Now I'm having, like, you know, it's recency bias, right? Like, what if I what, what have you done for me lately? No, but there was... Was it the game that they got eliminated on that he, like, struggled a little bit, and that was where I was like, oh, no, no Trey Young. Was that what it was? I gotta remember. I gotta remember who they played. They lost in their first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh no, he did have a good game. You're right. I, yeah. Maybe it's just something I saw. I, I, but I am the farthest thing from a scout. Everybody seems to be on the Trey Young train, uh, and and I think uh, if, it wouldn't shock me if he went top three. Um, I interviewed Michael Porter Jr. yesterday. He talked to me a lot about how his back was doing and how he, you know, the last year has changed him as a person, but also as, you know, to, to sort of appreciate basketball more. The, it was so fascinating to walk into the room because he, you know, his style of game from what I've read and sort of uh, seen from his high school stuff, he's like this all-around player, but I walked in the room and the guy is six foot eleven, And I, I yeah. thought to myself, like, man, if he can stay healthy, like, scary, scary potential. Do you think that he's worth that risk? Yeah, and he kind of reminds again, like Embiid had that same kind of mm-hmm. discussion going on when he was coming into the draft, where you knew he was unhealthy, knew he had back issues, and then he ended up having foot issues, and it was two years until he played. But I think the Sixers would pick him again if they had the choice. So, so there's obviously it's like a high risk, high reward because I think Porter is to, is a player that 
will be a really good pro, but it all depends on his health. And he never, and such a variable, it's impossible to predict. Like he could just get hurt in practice, have a hard fall, and can re-aggravate his injury. So, is it a risk you want to put on your entire future of a franchise? I think a lot of general managers might be wary about that. But if it works out, then there's a huge payoff for it. Yeah, and I can see it, especially with a guy six foot eleven with the game of a, you know, sort yeah. of more swingman game. Uh, is there a sleeper in this draft that you love that you're like, I can't wait to see where that that guy goes? If we're looking in the second round, I've been I've been saying Keenan Evans, and I think just because I watched him at Texas Tech and he got better every year, and he's getting dropped to around maybe probably the mid of the second round based on he's undersized, he's kind of an in betweener because he can play point guard and shooting guard, but he's 6'3", so it's kind of kind of a weird size for NBA guard these days. And and he's 21, so like his age is all going against him, but you know, he he took over Texas Tech and made them one of the one of, one of the more lethal offensive and defensive teams in college basketball. And he has those leadership qualities that can turn him into a solid pro. I'm not sure he'll be an all-star, but I think he's if you're looking at a player in the second round, I think he's the one that will have the best NBA career. Cool. It's solid. solid rotation guys are, are always uh, – I'm yeah. always a fan of those. Yeah. Uh, my guy is Grayson Allen. I'm on board. I'm there. <laughs> you're team Grayson Allen. I am team Grayson Allen. I, I just think like there are these – you know, the, the, the NBA has opened up to these 3 and D guys. And I just want to – part of it is I want to see Grayson Allen take that attitude that he sharpened so nicely at Duke. And just bring it to the NBA and see what happens. And not like I'm, gonna, I'm laughing because I'm just imagining him like getting, you know, I don't know, a hit or something. But yeah. more, more to the point, I think a guy like that in your rotation, coming off the bench as a sort of a, an energy guy, uh, a defensive guy, a three-point shooter, which he, he, we know he can do. Like, I kind of think that's – I think he'll go in the first round, and I think that he'll be effective. Uh, he, he will have to improve his shot, though, because he isn't like the best three-point shooter. Yeah. Especially his shot's a little long, too. So – but I, I, I mean, I think I can see him joining a team, but I'm not as sold as him being like an M, uh, crucial NBA player. But no, well, I could be wrong. Guy, right? Yeah, no, yeah. it's all a shot in the dark. I mean, I, my my take is like solid rotation guy, like like the the, the guy you're just talking about. Uh, but with you know coming from Duke, that we know that always that always entices NBA teams because it comes from you know you know good basketball IQ, yada yada yada. Um, so I'm I'm sold on that just partially because. I don't know. There's just so many of these three and D guys, and you're right about the shot. I think that, like you said about a guy like Aiden you, or Mobamba, you can develop a shot like that. That is something you yeah. can absolutely work on and, and get better at. Which is something for all the Ben Simmons haters out there. Like you know, maybe he'll work on shooting you know one million shots over the summer and come we'll back. We'll have to. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. One final question for you: um, Where <laughs> you you? write a ton and as you should about the ball family uh where's leangelo ball going if he's drafted at all well he's not going to get drafted so I'll, right. I'll, I'll go i know you have that that same opinion i think that's almost like a certainty at this point if any team was going to draft him which it won't happen i think it'll be the lakers i think just the the tie that it, that it has to to the whole family but they've already kind of ruled him out publicly so I, just, I think that was really his only shot, and it's not going to happen. It's not worth kind of the the attention that you're going to get with a player that, at best, will 
probably be a summer league guy. Right. So, and it's not against Leangelo because, you know, he, he showed that he can play against legitimate professional competition. He had a really good good stint over in Lithuania, and he was one of the top leading scorers in the league. So, like, he can play basketball somewhere, but if his mind is solely set on playing the NBA, then he's kind of setting himself up to be disappointed. But we already know that's where his mind is because the whole family has kind of been open about that. <laughs> so, to say the ball family's been open about that and anything, yeah. <laughs> it's an understatement. But yeah, I, I wrote something uh, back when I think that he was declaring um, that I said I will, uh, you know, months ago I ate one of the super spicy Pocky chips yeah. uh, for a video for, for the win. And I said, all right, I'll tell you what, I will eat another one of those spicy chips. The whole thing, too, if Leangelo Ball gets drafted. That's how certain I am that no team wants the Ball family headache or the fact that there's all these scouts saying his talent isn't even good enough to be in the G League. Like, that's the end of that, you know? Uh, so I, that, that's sort of my take. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the G- yeah. yeah, I think the G League maybe is a little little harsh on him. I think he played in the, G- in the G League. Like, Brady Morningstar of Kansas played in the G League. <laughs> so, Leangelo can, but it's, but again, does a team want to take that risk just to bring the all the attention, the negative attention that goes along with having a ball family there? I'm yeah. not sure that it's worth even at the G League level. So right, right. I think his talent's there because out of all the brothers, he has the best shot in terms of his mechanics. But you know, he's a little under he's a little undersized because he's was listed at 6'6", and the people who've seen him say that he's more like 6'2". Oh, wow. So <laughs> so there's a lot of uncertainty there. And then defensively, he's just way behind. He would have benefited if he didn't leave UCLA. He could have taken his one-year suspension and really developed into be a solid college player. And then, who knows, he could have been just having that structure of being at UCLA, you could have you could have advanced his game. So just leaving under those circumstances really hurt him. Good, good take there. Uh, World Cup. We're early. Just yeah. Any any thoughts? Uh, anything like? Is, it seems to me it's been really nutty. Like there's been a lot of upsets, a lot of uh, big mo- like Iceland tying a game, Japan winning a game. What's your you know your first impressions thus far? Well, it seems like the the player of the tournament is own goal because there was just another one. Ugh. Russia, <laughs> Russia scored uh, on the fifth own goal of this tournament, and we're only what a weekend, which is ridiculous. So, a lot of bad luck all around for the teams. I think right now one of the big stories how poorly Conmebol has played the South American uh, confederation. Those are some of the best teams in the world. Where you have Brazil, Argentina, Colombia. Peru and um and they've only gotten two points so far so so there's some big losses like the loss with Japan beating Colombia that was shocking Argentina only tying against Iceland so it it hasn't been a good early showing I mean you're you're on match day one so there's a lot of room to to improve but it's definitely not the start that one of the deepest confederations in world soccer wanted uh, do you have a favorite viral moment that's happened thus far? A what moment? Favorite viral moment, like, uh, I don't know, fan oh. or, or, you know, I don't know, crazy, crazy moment on the pitch. I do like the the Senegal's coach's celebration, the <laughs> one that just happened today. That was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, he. Uh, what was it like? A fist pump, and he looked yeah, right at the camera. Yeah, he just stole, he he made con- eye contact with the camera and just maintain eye contact throughout his fist pump, which is fantastic. How he could see the camera from across the field and knew it was on him. He just knew it. That's amazing. Uh, we'll have to check out all your stuff, uh, Andrew. What's your What's your Twitter feed again? It is Andy Joseph, and the O is a zero. Uh, that's and right. That- yeah, that's the the pitfall of having a super common name. That's true. But yes. it's cool. Yeah, no, well, but but that means you're Andy J Zero Yeah. So there's something to that. Uh, anyway, Andy, thanks so much for joining us, and everybody enjoy the NBA draft and, and the World Cup. Yeah, thanks for having me.